Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, Sallallahu Tabarak wa Ta'ala wa Sallama ala Sayyidina Muhammadin, Sayyidina wa Sanadina wa Habibina wa Shafi'ina wa Maulana, Sallallahu Alayhi wa Ala Alihi wa Ashabihi wa Azwajihi wa Dhuriyatihi wa Ahli Baytihi wa Man Tabi'ahum bi Ihsanin ila Yomiddini wa Ba'd. Alhamdulillah, by Allah Ta'ala's Fadl, we've reached this Mubarak ninth night of Ramadan. The reciters of the Quran are passing uh, the long first surahs of the Quran and probably uh, somewhere in Surah Al-A'raf or or even further. Just like the days of Ramadan are passing, it seemed like just yesterday everyone was having a heart attack about moon sighting. Uh, Today, uh, we're almost at a third. And just like that, all the days of our life are going to pass. And they're going to pass one way or the other. It's our choice whether we use them wisely or not. It's our choice whether we pass them in good or, or not. And then we get to abide by our choices forever. So if you haven't been using your uh, days wisely yet, it's not too late to get on board. And if you have been using them wisely, it's not too late to get even more out of it. And, uh, you know, all the while remembering that slow and steady wins the race. And Allah Ta'ala give all of us tawfiq. So we continue uh, with some vignettes from the life of Mawlana Sayyid Hussein Ahmed Madani, rahimahullah ta'ala, the Shaykh of our Mashaykh. It's been uh, less than two years since my Shaykh uh, Mawlana uh, Abdul Halim Chishti, rahimahullah ta'ala, had passed away. And it pains me to say, I have to say, rahimahullah ta'ala, not because I feel shy of invoking the mercy of Allah ta'ala for anyone deceased or living, but... Uh, because it's just uh, scary to think that they're gone. But uh, Allah Ta'ala is the Khalifa of every righteous person and every wali and every Nabi, um, uh, not excluding the greatest of the Anbiya, Sayyidina Muhammad Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah Ta'ala is their Khalifa uh, with every person of La Ilaha Illallah. And so we take solace that, uh, that their work will continue and uh, by Allah's barakah, inshallah, and Allah's rahmah, inshallah, we'll meet again. So we continue, uh, patience upon difficulties and being content with Allah's decision. Once while on a journey, Shaykh's conveyance met with an accident and he ended up in a gutter. Uh, and ending up in a gutter, you know, in pre-partition India was, uh, uh, was not a nice affair. <clears throat> they didn't have closed sewers or closed sewage treatment plants. So one can imagine it's 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 really bad, and then to do so because of the impact of your conveyance and the possibility of injury um, is really problematic. Uh, thanks to Allah, none were hurt, but removing uh, the the conveyance took many hours. The women folk were perplexed and worried, uh, uh, but uh, the sheikh sat contently on his mat. I, meaning the author Mulana Bayezid Pandor approached uh, Sheikh and complained to him of the difficulty that all were going through. Sheikh's answer was most beautiful. Uh, he just said, Muqaddarat ilahihe, that these are nothing but the meted out uh, decisions of Allah Ta'ala. Pleasure and comfort of the world held no greater significance and importance to the Sheikh than difficulties and hardships. The author writes, I once accompanied the Sheikh from Calcutta to Sarai Emir. In Calcutta, uh, the Sheikh was hosted by Khan Bahadur, who had went out of his way to make us feel comfortable. However, on reaching Sarai Emir, 
we found the situation totally different. Here, uh, there was no place to stay, no beds, and no arrangement whatsoever. With great difficulty, we managed to obtain a room in which we could take rest. But to my utter disappointment, we found the room to be in a most despicable condition, dirty and dusty. With only one bed, and that too totally covered in dust. Being extremely tired, we laid down to sleep, not bothering to clean up. Unfortunately for us, the bed bugs had other ideas. You have, uh, you know, bed bugs, they're, they're not a joke. You know, many of us, alhamdulillah, by Allah's fadl in this country, us, bed bugs are just something you hear about in, uh, <coughs> I guess, uh, children's nursery rhymes or in cartoons or whatever. But uh, they are no joke. They live inside of mattresses, ticks, and things like that. Baraghith. And they're extremely painful and they're extremely annoying. And they're hard and difficult to get rid of. Uh, and when an infestation takes hold in a place, it's it's not a joke. It's a very serious matter. So imagine that, that the sheikh is on official business uh, and uh, he finds <coughs> this dirty and dusty room which a person would already be uncomfortable in and still tried to sleep, but the bed bugs had other ideas. I now unable to sleep. Stayed awake cleaning up uh, and making Allah Ta'ala zikr. Uh, in the morning, a few students came to welcome us and offered to prepare for us some tea. Before they left, the sheikh requested uh, uh, them not to make it too strong. This request surprised me, but my surprise was soon removed. So strong was the tea they made that drinking it was near impossible. I asked for milk to reduce the strength of the tea, but after, milking, uh, after mixing it with the milk, I still found it unbearable. I began getting irritated and angry, but the sheikh's face never changed. The smile and brightness which I had seen in Calcutta had undergone no change whatsoever. Indeed, for me, the sheikh's composure at such times was a miracle to witness. And uh, again, this even-keeledness <coughs> in a person's disposition is a sign of their connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that they're not affected by the creation or created things. And a test is from the same Allah that uh, uh, relaxation and ease is from. And uh, without having this disposition uh, through the dhikr of Allah Ta'ala, it's very difficult to get hard uh, uh, tasks completed. The author continues pain and grief over impermissible acts. I can still remember the journey to Assam. Assam is the far east of India. It's even further east than, uh, than Bengal. The people there were uh, all uh, diehard uh, 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 lovers of the sheikh. New disciples would come forward wishing to kiss the sheikh uh, his feet. And he would push them away saying, here is my hand. Make musafaha, meaning shake hands with me. Uh, the sheikh would then say in a sad tone, the, uh, the, the, the peers uh, of this place have spoiled the habits of people by teaching them strange practices. Now we have to bear the brunt of it. Meaning what? Uh, the people... Uh, if you can imagine this, that they there there was a time when they used to love the people of dhikr and they used to love the people of ilm, and so the sheikh was lamenting that uh, some of the local uh, uh, peers, uh, the sheikhs of tariqa, they had uh, allowed people or taught people to make these uh, strange practices of of deference and of veneration uh, to them, which are not uh, condoned by the sunnah or looked uh, uh, looked upon prop, you know, well by the sunnah. 
And so the Sheikh, instead of allowing them to uh, show this, uh, these types of deference to him, uh, he would, uh, in fact, uh, rectify their practice and lament, why is it that, that uh, we, have to, you know, we have to do this now? And I wish people would do this uh, uh, nowadays as well. And some, some of our mashaykh, they do, and some of them, uh, sadly, they don't. Uh, you'll remember, uh, you know, in previous majlis, uh, we mentioned about the uh, Sheikh Mulana Hussein Ahmed Madani signing his letters as the Nange Aslaf. Nang means, means in Persian, like, uh, like embarrassment, like a part of your nakedness that's been exposed uh, uh, and he would call himself the embarrassment of the aslaf. That yes, I'm connected with the with the elder mashaykh, but like I'm somebody that that would be a cause of embarrassment for them. That's how he signed his letters. He never even signed Madani. Uh, rather, he would sign Fezabadi because he had too much uh, deference for Medina Munawwara to associate himself with it. Even though uh, the generations now bear witness that uh, he he was a person that that truly was worthy of that nisbah, uh, but. You see that uh, he actually actively pushed people away. Nowadays, what, what we do is we have people uh, who, when they have their talks or when they have their bayans, you know, they'll print up proper show bills for them. And it's okay to advertise that, you know, you're going to have a talk in such and such place at such and such time on such and such topic. But what will happen is they're overzealous disciples and marids or promoters will write you know things like so and so is the khalifa of this and that person and the sheikh of their era and this person and that and they'll put all these puffed up titles on them and people say well i didn't write it myself i didn't write it myself and uh uh you know we see that uh, people like hazard madani rahimahullah ta'ala they they that wasn't enough for them they would actively go out of their way in order to stop people from making these uh making these oddball types of uh, shows of deference that are not a part of the deen and not a part of the sunnah of the Prophet The Shaykh's unease due to people flocking toward him. While on a journey to Surat, Surat is a port city in Gujarat, the Shaykh was accompanied by a few other ulama from uh, Delhi, from the capital. They were ulama of great fame and status and had been traveling separately, they could surely have attracted a huge crowd. Unfortunately, they never realized that in front of the sun, stars fade away. People were flocking to meet the sheikh, and no attention whatsoever was being paid to them. The sheikh, sensing that they may feel hurt, uh, would say to the people, leave me alone and go over there, referring to the ulama who were traveling with him. But who was going to listen? Seeing their refusal to leave, the following Arabic poem uh, came uh, spontaneously to his lips. ماذا لقيت من الدنيا وأعجبها إني بما أنا باك منه محسود. The translation of which is, "What have I seen from the uh, dunya and its uh, wonders?" He says, "I uh, am crying over a, a thing because it's breaking my heart, and other people are jealous of me for that thing that that causes me such sadness." The Sheikh's remorse over the spiritual decline of uh, young people. During a journey, we traveled to Dhabel, which is also a place in, uh, in Gujarat. It's uh, a place actually where there's quite a, a, a prominent madrasa as well. There was a slight argument regu- regarding our travel arrangements uh, around Dhabel, Surat, and Rander, all different places in Gujarat. 
Finally, one brother said with great prompt, forget about everything. I will take everyone by car. I will pay 10 rupees for the gas. And the Sheikh, upon hearing this, said, ذَهَبَ الَّذِينَ يُعَاشُ فِي أَكْنَافِهِمْ بَقِيَ الَّذِينَ حَيَاتُهُمْ لَا يَنْفَعُوا That uh, those people under whose shelter uh, life was lived have left. And now uh, the only people who are left are those whose benefit, ha- whose life and whose living has no benefit. This is somewhat of a subtle point. Uh, the idea is this is that people in the old days, they used to have generosity. And in particular, the generosity extended with extended to um, being avid to spend money in those things that are of benefit and those things that are khidmah, uh, those things that are of service. And so to nickel and dime one another in such things is really bad form and to brag about what you spent is really bad form and i i noticed this this is a difference like from our parents generation i i never saw my father make the kallu for affectation with regards to paying a bill for food for example like he never said no to anybody about food whereas now we you know even with people he didn't like or whatever if it was food he would never he would never uh you know, bear uh, uh, difficulty in paying for it. Rather, he was usually, it was very natural for him to get out his wallet and pay for food whenever it's going to be paid for. And oftentimes the people from his generation, the peers, uh, uh, you know, that with which, he, you know, he traveled and that were in his circle, they also had a similar sensibility. So, you know, nowadays what happens is when even friends, people who claim to love one another uh, or brothers or, you know, family members, they sit together for a meal. They split checks and they send people the differences in the bills, which is fine. You know, no one person is a razakh that they can feed the entire world or whatever. But uh, that also doesn't mean that the people you can feed, that you just like leave them alone, leave them behind. And indeed, we find from the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ that there are certain times that it is bad form to haggle. Uh, one of them is when buying your kafan, your funeral shroud. One is when buying ihram to go on hajj. Um, these are things it's bad form to haggle or bad form to nickel and dime on. And so, uh, you know, the Sheikh, mashallah, uh, he expressed his uh, desire that people not be so miserly when it comes to doing service for the sake of good in small amounts while uh, not, you know, chastising anybody uh, too directly, uh, still uh, expressing his, 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 his sadness. His abstention from worldly pleasures. In Rondair, a banquet was prepared with various types of rich and tasty food. Rondair, by the way, is the ancestral village of Mufti Abdullah Nana, in case anybody wanted to know. Amongst other places, there are two large uh, madrasas uh, over there, Ashrafiya and Husseiniya. So it says that uh, in Rondair, a banquet was prepared with various types of rich and tasty food. Uh, the Sheikh said to the host, "Adhabtum tayyibatikum fi hayatikum dunya," an expression that appears in the Quran that you have already used up all of your good that you, you were allotted uh, during the life of this world. Meaning, he wasn't happy about uh, uh, shows of ostentation and spending a lot of money uh, in, in 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 merrymaking or pleasure. While visiting one of the eastern districts of uh, UP. Uh, the United Provinces, which is the British when they consolidated Delhi and Lucknow, Delhi and Awadh uh, in Agra. Uh, in one of the eastern districts of UP, 
um, uh, one of the sheikh's adversaries uh, resided. I noticed the sheikh insisting on walking despite the pain that he was presently experiencing in his knees. Unable to say, see, unable to see the sheikh suffering any longer, I spoke out. I said, "I'm, I'm unable to walk any longer." Sheikh, why are you walking so much today? And also, look at this, mashallah, it's the adab of the khadim that uh, instead of assigning the weakness to the sheikh, uh, that you should take a rest and you should uh, not walk, he said he assigned it to himself because he knew that the sheikh would take mercy on him, take pity on him, or at least so, he, at least so he thought. The Sheikh in reply read some poems, uh, uh, some lines of poetry, the gist of which were the reason for walking uh, in the town of my enemies so that they do not feel that I've become old and weak. That he wanted to also show his strength and his austerity um, in, the face of, in the face of pleasures and ease and in the face of hostility, that he is also strong. And this also this finds a finds a precedent in the action of the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. You know, when you make Umrah, uh, the first tawaf that you make, uh, according to the Jamhur, not according to the Malikis, but in according to the other madhabs, a person, it's masnoon for a man to pull their right arm out of the ihram, in an act known as idtiba'ah, uh, so that you show your arm, your triceps and your biceps, your bithons, your forearms, you know, show, show your arm. Uh, bury your right arm while making the first uh, tawaf, the tawaf al-qudum or the tawaf of umrah. And that you should khabab, uh, uh, you should hasten your gait uh, for the uh, first several circuits of the tawaf. And the hastening of the gait uh, is a sunnah even according to Malik, but the idtiba' isn't. Why? Um, it's because the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam he ordered the khabab, the hastening of the gate, so that the mushrikeen of Quraysh would see that the Sahaba radiallahu anhum weren't weak sauce, that they still had their strength. And the ittiba' was an act of intimidation, that they see that they're strong, that they can still wield a sword. In fact, they were stronger than, than, than they were when they left Makkah Mukarramah. And so this type of austerity... Uh, instead of feeling pity for yourself and looking weak and feeling weakness for yourself in front of an enemy, this type of austerity is also masnoon. It's also a blessed practice. In the company of Sheikh, even servants are blessed with uh, spiritual uh, uh, intuition. Once while Sheikh was returning from his journey, I, who had not gone on that journey but remained in Deoband, meaning the author of the book, uh, proceeded uh, uh, to welcome the Sheikh back from his journey. No sooner had I reached Saharanpur uh, did the sheikh arrived. Surprised at seeing me, he said, When did you come? I replied, I just arrived. The sheikh then inquired, How did you know I was going to arrive today? I explained, Well, it was just a feeling that came into my heart. The sheikh said, It appears that you've been blessed with kashf, uh, with, uh, with a, a supernatural or preternatural intuition. I remarked, Rather, it was just good reasoning, which luckily was correct. The Sheikh says that's exactly what kashf is, and sometimes it is right, and sometimes it's completely wrong. Uh, meaning that these types of spiritual intuitions happen when your heart is connected with somebody, and they also happen when uh, a person's heart exerts a strong effect on another person from the pious and from the righteous. The Sheikh's views regarding different issues of fiqh. Regarding the layman, the Sheikh's uh, viewpoint in fiqh issues was very lenient. During uh, gatherings and rallies, he would permit beautiful posters to be put up as these things would give happiness and encouragement to the public. 
uh, a sheikh of Makkah Mukarramah once inquired from the sheikh uh, uh, Hussein Ahmed Madani about the verdict of having one's clothes cleaned at the dry cleaners. The sheikh said many a time, clothes at such places are not cleaned according to shara'i standards. However, the jurists have mentioned that clothes which come from such places will be re regarded as pure. I understood from his answer that he preferred uh, 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 another way of cleaning uh, the clothing uh, to be pure, but because he wanted to make ease on the public, he gave uh, his diplomatic answer. Uh, the sheikh's uh, compassion and love. Once on a journey to UP, the train stopped to pick up passengers at a station. A passenger boarded the train and came to the sheikh's compartment. After introducing himself, he requested if the sheikh could perform a nikah, which was going to take place at his residence. The sheikh asked to be excused since he was presently on a journey and other people were traveling with him, and to now remove all of their luggage, get off the train, proceed for uh, a nikah, uh, and all would be extremely difficult for the entire group. However, the man would not accept no for an answer. He became persistent, causing everybody to become annoyed and angry. Finally, the sheikh gave in and asked all to descend from the train with their luggage. After alighting from the train, the sheikh's companions asked the man where his conveyance was. The man explained that he possessed no means of conveyance, but ensured them that the residence was just a block away. Carrying all their luggage, they proceeded ahead on foot, but found block after block passing with no dwelling coming in sight. Certain people began getting irritated and few were burning with fury. But the sheikh's blessed face showed not even a slight sign of displeasure. Luckily for all, a man on an elephant suddenly appeared who agreed to transport all the man's, uh, all, of, all of the above to the man's house. Indeed, uh, the sheikh's tolerance knew no limits. Bearing difficulties had in fact become not only manageable for him, uh, but quite simple and easy. And I would add his, uh, they became his, his uh, noble habit. The Sheikh, it's famous about him that he used to say that I spent half of my life either in jail or in rail, meaning either traveling in the path of Allah Ta'ala or in jail because of going out in the path of Allah Ta'ala. I've seen this uh, uh, this type of shafaqah and kindness and hesitance to break a person's heart from our Sheikh, uh, Ustadji Mulana Hassan. I have to admit it's very difficult. Not everybody can do it. Uh, so these are things I would say, uh, don't try them at home. Kids, don't try it, try it at home. You might hurt yourself. But um, once you go through that process and try and understand how hard it is, then you really do you really do appreciate when you meet somebody who is like this, who really does care for uh, you so much and uh, will indulge uh, children, like uh, people like spoiled children, that their, their every little and last uh, wish should be fulfilled uh, despite great pain and suffering to themselves, uh, how special they are. And on the flip side, uh, rather than feeling entitled to this indulgence, uh, if you really were a person of insight and you really were a person of ma'rifah, you would know how much of a dipstick move it is to uh, burden and give trouble and difficulties to the mashaykh. All they're doing is trying to call you to Allah Ta'ala. You can ask Allah Ta'ala for your things just like they can. It's the same Allah Ta'ala. And for you to burden uh, one of the Ahlullah unnecessarily when, uh, when you could have made ease for them, it's a really, really, really dumb move uh, on your part. 
and those people who do it, uh, uh, you know, it's if they don't know any better, we don't say ill about them because at the end of the day, they are the ummah of the Prophet wasallam. but the ummah has ranks in them. And a person of insight will know that the rank of the person who is there to help and who is there to facilitate and ease and at the very least not harm, that person's rank is much higher than the person who asks for indulgence and who, uh, dis who disrespects people through their insistence of things and who uh, will burden people and harm them uh, through their insistence uh, on indulgence. The Shaykh's reliance and trust on Allah Ta'ala. Without any exaggeration, thousands if not more benefited from the Shaykh's spiritual pearls. Many were also fortunate to be blessed with uh, Khilafa, the, the permission to initiate others into the Tariqah. However, the Shaykh's own son, Mawlana As'ad Madani, Rahimahullah uh, Ta'ala, who passed away uh, when I was in my, uh, who, when I, the first year I came back from Madrasa, Allah Ta'ala have mercy on him and raise his rank. Um, uh, Hazrat's own son, Mawlana As'ad Madani, despite being much more capable than many of those who had already received the Khilafah, um, uh, and despite having spent more time in the Shaykh's company, was never given the Khilafah. Once, uh, the author says, I mentioned to the Shaykh that it would be quite appropriate if uh, Mawlana As'ad would also be blessed with the Khilafah. The Shaykh replied, even if he continues to make zikr for years on end, I would not even consider it. Hazrat Shaykh al-Hadith Mawlana Muhammad Zakaria Kandalawi himself requested the same of the Shaykh, but to no avail. And Shaykh Zakaria, to be fair, he was not a person who would have made a request like that uh, in an empty way. Uh, in an empty way, and he was a person of quite a bit of stature. Uh, the Sheikh's manner was to be compassionate and kind to others, but strict and hard on his own. If one ponders, it becomes clear that the Nabi wasallam's blessed sunnah was on these same lines. The Nabi wasallam would give to others without counting, but when it came even to his close relatives, he would never give extravagantly. Even the practice of Sayyidina Umar Farooq radiallahu anhu, we find the same. Although people had given consultation that Sayyidina Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu anhu was more capable of becoming the next Khalifa, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu was not ready to oblige, nor was he willing, to, willing even to consider it. This happened, imagine that the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Sayyidina Fatima radiallahu anha, asked him, for a servant because their chores were very difficult. They had to get the water themselves from the well and they had to grind uh, the wheat into flour on their own. And it's like difficult manual labor. Imagine the hands of the daughter of the Prophet on the precious hands of Sayyidina Fatima getting calloused with having to move the stone mill uh, to grind the wheat. And Sayyidina Ali who having to carry water on his back. Water is really heavy for those who've had to carry it as we learned in Mauritania. Um, that the Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam he came to the to their Mubarak uh, place of residence. He sat with them uh, in their place that they slept, and he said, "I'll give you, I'll give you something better than a servant." Say Subhanallah thirty three times. Say Alhamdulillah thirty three times, and say Allahu Akbar thirty three times before going to sleep. Now, can you imagine, like, if somebody like they ask for something from their father, and that he's very able to give, and their father gave them this tasbih to do, most people would probably freak out and like, be like oh, you already know all that stuff, man. I need, I need like new shoes or I need like a, a phone or I need God knows what, right? But they accepted it and that's why the tasbih is called the tasbih fatimi and Allah Ta'ala fulfills uh, people's needs through his zikr. Um, but you see this, this is a family tradition of the sadat 
that uh, you don't indulge. You don't indulge and you don't turn it into a dynastic succession. Rather, you uh, give your children the tarbiyah and let them stand on their own and be their own person. And there will be shortly a, an anecdote with regards to that that we'll come back to as well. Anyway, with the passing of uh, uh, al Islam, Mawlana Hussein Ahmad Madani, his spiritual, uh, uh, his spiritual benefit and his spiritual fuyud transferred to his beloved son who now travels all over the world spreading his uh, father's spirituality and knowledge. His travels include many of those places and countries which his father was unable to visit as well. Now this is the point I wanted to say which is what? When my uh, Sheikh Sayyid Nafis uh, uh, passed away in 2007 or 8, I believe, um, in 2008, I believe, a fihrist, a, a list of the people he had given khilafah to uh, was published because he wrote a wasiya, a bequest uh, that would be read after he passed away. But he put an interesting note after the list of those people uh, who received his khilafah. And that note, and by the way, uh, Sayyid Nafis also is from the Ahlul Bayt of the Prophet ﷺ, like Mawlana Sayyid Hussain Ahmad Madani. May Allah Ta'ala elevate their ranks. May Allah Ta'ala uh, elevate their ranks. May Allah Ta'ala give them a maqam with the awliya forever and ever and make their work prosper until the Day of Judgment. At the end of the list of the people that received his khilafah, he said, maybe there are some people I gave khilafah to, but I didn't write their name on the list for whatever reason. And maybe there are some people in this list whose names are there in this list, but they don't deserve to receive the khilafah I gave. Ultimately, who my successor is will be shown by Allah Ta'ala and doesn't require a piece of paper signed by me. And the way you'll know who that successor is, is from amongst them, which person does Allah Ta'ala allow to do the service of deen and which person is going to be engrossed in just doing their own thing or in pumping themselves up or making themselves bigger. Which person is actually out there sacrificing? Which person is actually out there making things happen? Which person is out there, you know, helping the people? Which person is out there, uh, uh, you know, affecting that change that we all work toward um, in Islam? Once you see that and once Allah shows you that, then all of you should return and make ruju' uh, to that person and know that that person is the one that, that uh, we also tell you to go to. And so that's the beautiful thing about this, uh, uh, you know, about the end of this, this one note, that the Sheikh didn't give Mawlana As'ad the Khilafah, but Mawlana Bayezid, the author, he says that, look, you know, he was, he was received the spiritual uh, uh, benefit of his father. And the sign of that is what? Is that he spent his entire life doing the work of Deen afterward. And that uh, he went to the places that uh, his father went and even some places that his father didn't uh, go. And he continued uh, until he passed away uh, doing this work. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep us connected with the deen of Islam. May Allah ta'ala keep us connected with his dhikr. May Allah ta'ala make, make us from amongst those who uh, do the work in the khidmah and the service of Islam day in and day out for all the days of our life that we never uh, separate from it, neither in illness nor in depression, nor in good times, nor in bad times, nor in happiness, nor in sadness. 
and uh, that, that we stay with it and it stays with us until the moment that we pass from this world with La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on our lips. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala rasulihi Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.